Blog Talk Radio.
I am, Jehovah, the mighty God. to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina, for all of you who have have forgotten or never knew, and welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We are a non-denominational, Protestant, Christian, international church and local church assembly established and founded in the love of Jesus Christ. And we welcome you in his holy name. And at the beginning of our services, we celebrate Holy Communion immediately after we repent of our sins. So if you would like to join us, now would be a good time to get your element. You will need some bread and the fruit of the vine. Amen? Amen. So we hope that you uh, are a Christian and that you desire to join in with us. And if you have not become a Christian yet, just uh, go into the chat room. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you. You use your browser if you're on a tablet or a laptop or a cell phone to find us at MiracleInternetChurch.com. MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up, if you're on a cell phone, across the top you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click those three white lines and go down to chat room. When you go to the chat room, uh, click guest and then enter your your name, one of the names on your birth certificate, and your greeting for the saints. And just type in, I need to be saved. Real simple, I need to be saved. Five words, enter. And Brother Bill will tell me you did that. Amen? And then the saints will begin to pray for you, all right? We're a loving church. The saints are, they're saved. They'll pray for you. There was a time when they weren't saved either. Amen? They're not going to condemn you because you're not saved yet. They're going to pray for you. So, I hope, um, Stacy, I hope your, your family is listening today. And I'm glad to know that some people are physically better than they have been recently. It's a good praise report from the Lord. Amen? Also, um, what was I saying? Oh, I was giving the instructions. <laughs> well, okay, everybody has heard the instructions now. So now we can move on to whatever Pastor was about to say that she almost forgot. I want you to remember, saints, that we live in perilous times. People are not the people they used to be before the pandemic. They have changed. They don't act the same way. They don't think the same way. 
they're changed, all right? They've been progressively uh, declining, and they've reached an all-time low, amen? And I think you know that if you've been uh, reading the FYI. You know that we're on a decline as a society and that people are now doing things that were unheard of a few years ago. One of the reasons I'm bringing this up is because I want us, but you've got to want it too, you see. I want us to be ready when Jesus comes. When the Holy Spirit is ready to take us out of the earth, whenever that happens, I want us to be ready. I put a song in the chat room not too long ago that says just that. I hope that we are ready. See, some of us are taking church for granted, and we're playing church. But that won't get you through the pearly gates, my dear. I pray that you'll be ready when he comes. When he calls us to come up, I hope that you're able to leave with us. There's no guarantee that we're going to have next year. We just don't have that guarantee. But whenever Jesus calls us, whenever the Holy Spirit says, out of here, I hope you're ready to go. I hope you're still not lollygagging around, listening if you feel like it, and if you don't, you don't. If you don't feel like fasting, you don't. Giving God excuses for a lack of devotion to him. I hope you're not doing that. I hope you're sincere and that your heart is in it. I hope you're not going around showing your carnality to everybody you can show it off to. I hope you're not embarrassing your parents in public. I hope you're actually behaving like the gospel that I've taught you. I hope that you're sincerely trying with everything in you to please God and not yourself. I hope you're learning to die to you and to live to Christ. Because if you're not doing these things, you're playing church, and that's dangerous. Playing church. You know, we've been talking about insecurities and all kinds of things that have to do with the inward man, not the outward put on. And I hope that as we're seeking the Lord, you're trying to get right, as right as you can be. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have shortcomings. All of us sin from time to time. But I'm hoping and praying that each of us will be ready when the Holy Spirit's ready to take us out of here. I hope you're not just hanging around because you don't have anything else to do and you're just goofing off trying to play church. It won't work. Everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will not enter into the kingdom of God. You just won't. 
Jesus said so. So I'm trying to get your attention today that if you have associations and affiliations in your life that do not please the Lord Jesus, that you deal with it today. That if you have behavior that you know, you absolutely know, God does not want that in your life, that you deal with God today. That if you're not giving God your 100% like he gave you his 100%, that you'll change that today. Amen? It's important not to shirk off on God. Amen? Amen. So we're going to all do better, right? Amen. Like I was saying, I hope that you'll be ready. I pray that you'll be ready. Whenever that moment comes, I pray that you will be ready. Now, before we repent of our sins, because we're going to do that, I need to pray for somebody. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, there are lives that are hanging in the balance. There are lives and souls hanging in the balance. They've not fully surrendered to you. Father, even if they are no longer conscious, as we call it, medically, I ask the Lord Jesus to visit those persons. I ask you to visit them and give them one more chance, Lord, to get all the way in the kingdom and right with you. Thank you, Lord. You are merciful. Great are your mercies, and great is your faithfulness. We ask for your mercy, Lord, in these circumstances. Thank you, Lord. We can count on you. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, have everybody on their best behavior, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is not the hour to play church, saith the Lord. This is not the hour to play church. This is the hour to humble yourself, says the Lord. This is the hour to know my name. This is the hour to walk in obedience and faithfulness and devotion, says the Lord. There will be no second chances when that time comes. You cannot sin one moment and think, oh, well, I can repent a little later. It won't be that way. It won't be that way, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, saints, he's not joking. He means it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we come before you, repenting of our sin. Help us to be honest with ourselves and truthful with you. Help us not to take repentance for granted. Help us to understand that it cost Jesus Christ all of his life for us to be able to repent and to receive the forgiveness that you so want us to receive and experience and embrace. Help us to realize, Father, that other people's opinions of us really is not all that important. It's more important to seek the honor that comes from God only. There's honor that you give us, Father, when we obey you, when we humble ourselves, when we crucify our flesh, when we tell ourselves no, and we become solely committed to you, when we surrender spirit, soul, and body to you with no reservation. Help us to come to that place, Lord. Help us to live in that place with you. Help us to grow, Father, and forgive us of our sins. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to talk to the Lord yourself. You may begin. Of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break, 
Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? Amen. Okay, so it went down the wrong way. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is a compass and a roadmap for our lives. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. We bless you because you have given us rest according to all that you have promised us. Not one word of all your promises has ever failed. In the light of this truth, we will walk in your word at all times. We love your word, Father. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. All of your words are pure, O God, and you are a shield to us. Lord God, your way is perfect and your word is tried. You are a shield and a mighty buckler to us as we trust in you. 
With your word, you made the heavens, O Lord. All of your promises are yes in Christ, unto your glory, O God. You have spoken through your word since ancient times in order to give light to those who sit in darkness. And you guide our feet in the way of peace. Your word is quick, alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of our soul and spirit and of our joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Father, we are thankful for your word, and we will endeavor to walk in the light of your word all the days of our lives. Amen? Can you come into agreement with that prayer? Amen. Well, today, saints, we're going to talk for a little while about ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. I've been wondering when we were going to have this little talk. And it so happens it's today. So we're going to talk about ministering spirits. Amen. So if you will be so kind as to join me in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. Hebrews, chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Hebrews, chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So, we're going to talk about the angels a little bit. And in verse 14, God says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? They don't go unless they're sent. And maybe one day we'll learn that too. Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So let's go to Psalm 33, verse 6. Psalm 33, verse 6. Father, I bind high pollen in Jesus' name. We don't need high pollen. We need some pollen to pollinate what ought to be pollinated, but we don't need to be pollinated. That's for the plant, not for us. <laughs> Amen. So we send the pollen to the plant that it ought to go to. We don't need to be pollinated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, 
the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So this psalm explains that all the hosts of heaven were created with the breath of God's mouth. Millions and more of radiant angelic entities suddenly in existence as God exhaled into the vastness of his universe. That's interesting. I've never created anything by exhale, and I don't think you have either. Amen? But God can do that. What was the result when he did? Well, symphonies of grateful praise moving with power toward his throne. That's what happened. God created the angelic host. And we go, okay. Now let me say this. God did not call us to be fearful. He did not call us to be spooky. And he didn't call us to be silly either. Amen? So those are three attitudes that we don't need to bring to the subject of angels, right? We don't need to be ridiculous. We don't need to be spooky. And we don't need to be fearful, okay? Amen. So just if you've got those hanging around, there's a trash can somewhere near you, please use it. Amen? Amen. Spiritual things are not spooky. They are not, but they are spiritually understood. The boogeyman doesn't come with them, okay? I know some of us still have some of those unintelligent ideas left over from childhood, and if you happen to have one or two left over, somewhere near you there's a spiritual trash can, please use it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Satan is not the boogeyman, and the angels don't come in floating on air. They don't float on air, okay? That's not how they work. Amen. That's really not how that works. It's more like the air gets out of their way. We understand? In the Bible, angels fill seven primary roles. In the Bible, angels fill seven primary roles. The first one is worshipers. They all worship God. They all do. There are no exceptions. Amen? They are warriors. Some more so than others. They are warriors. They are watchers. The Bible talks about this in several places. They are watchers. They are messengers. They are ministers. 
They are protectors. Some of us have had some experience with that. And they are administrators of God's affairs in heaven and in earth. They work for God. And how they do anything for us is because they work for God. No, they don't work for you. They minister to you according to God's instructions because they work for God. We understand? Amen. Very good. In the first chapter of Hebrews, they are identified as ministering spirits. We just read that scripture. The purpose for these is to minister to God and to human beings. They minister to God and to human beings. Angels even ministered to the Son of God when he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Amen? So let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 13. 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 The Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And when he was there, speaking of Jesus, in the wilderness 40 days, Tempted of Satan and was with the wild beast. Now, I want you to notice that. He was out there in the wilderness with wild animals. They weren't tamed nor domesticated. They didn't come up to him and shake his hand. They were wild, doing what wild animals do. And the angels ministered unto him. After a confrontation with Satan, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, the angels came and ministered unto him. So you get into a confrontation with a demon. And sometimes it can be quite draining. God won't just leave you there falling apart. Amen? You can ask for more grace. And get it. Amen? You can ask for more grace and receive it. Praise the Lord. If Jesus, who was without sin, benefited from the ministry of angels, those of us who are most imperfect certainly need their intervention. We need their intervention especially when we're learning to drive, right? Amen. The Bible records many instances when angels were sent to assist God's people. So we're going to the book of Daniel chapter 6. You know, if you're traveling, you're going to get on an airplane You're going to need angelic assistance. Things just aren't the way they were. You're going to need it. It's not a maybe. Well, how do I get it? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to take a trip on an airplane. 
I have some idea of what to expect, but it may not go as I think. I need your mercy, I need your grace, and I need the assistance of the angels that you have assigned to me. Thank you, Father, for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's how you do it. It's not hard. You've got to open your mouth, though. Amen? Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. My God hath sent his angel. My God hath sent his angel. We're in Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency, innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. I'm innocent. They're treating me badly. Nonetheless, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. So he was in there with ravenous lions that hadn't eaten. And they thought he was going to be their cowboy state, but it didn't happen that way. Amen? It just didn't go the way they thought. So say, here the angel shut the lion's mouth for Daniel so that he wasn't hurt. So now we understand that at God's command, they do things to help us that we really need done. Amen? Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. The book of Acts in the New Testament. Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Acts. Chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He was getting on their nerves as best he could. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. So Herod sitting on his throne being evil as he was. And he decided that he would have James, the brother of John, killed. He figured that's a good way to treat the Christian. Amen? And there's some in whatever country we happen to be in today that pretty much have that same agenda. And we need to be aware of that. Verse 3, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Amen? So the Jews were going through one of their holy seasons when they were supposed to be holy, were they not? And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison. Now, Peter hadn't done anything but be Peter. Nonetheless, he apprehended him and put him in prison and delivered him to four 
were carrions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So you see, the world back then was celebrating Easter as a pagan holiday. But during that time, Christians, due to certain persons in the church many, 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 many years ago, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. It's juxtaposed. Amen? They do their thing. We do the God thing. They do their thing. We do the God thing. So Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. What happened? They had continuous prayer. Prayer was made without ceasing by who? Everybody in the church. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now, folks, that's not fun. But Peter was enduring. Amen? Bound with two chains. Not one, two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, in verse 7, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side. Peter must have been snoring about that time. And raised him up, so he had to help him get up, he was out, and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. Nobody was using a key, okay? The chains fell off. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself. And bind on thy sandals. Get dressed and put your shoes on. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now, saints, this is not a time to sit there and go, Oh, what was that you said? That's not a time to do that, okay? People have not always had the proper response when God sends an angel and deals with them directly. So we're learning today that should this happen in our lives, we need to have the proper response. Amen? And he went out and followed him. There it is. It's called instantaneous obedience. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw a vision. He was still half asleep. He thought this was a vision, but even in the vision, he was going to obey the angel, okay? He didn't go, oh, excuse me, is this a vision or am I awake yet? He didn't do that. Some of you would, but that's not the right thing to do. Even if you think you're asleep, get up and follow the angel and do what he says do, all right? Amen. When they were past the first and the second ward, then came they came into 
unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Nobody pressed the button. The gate opened. Yes, that's the way it happened. Nobody pressed the button and said, hi, we're on this side of the gate. We like to get on. No. Not when you go, it's not like when you go into your gated communities. The gate just opened. It knew what to do. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. That was it. Okay, you're out now. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now, that's an interesting passage. So we see that the angel was not only instrumental, he was how God got the job done. The apostle Peter was rescued and delivered from prison. He was delivered out of the power of Herod as well as the wicked desires of the Jewish people. So let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. So, I want you to know that in my opinion, just my opinion, it doesn't have to be your opinion, in my opinion, I think this particular angel had been in the presence of God Almighty. And he had come to the decision that he needed to get on it and get on down here. He wasn't taking a slow escalator. Amen? In other words, the elements had to get out of his way because he planned to be at the right place at the right time to do what he needed to do. He came with such force that there was a great earthquake, not just the, one of them little seismic rumbles. No, 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 no. This was one of those earth-shaking ones. It says it was a great earthquake. They felt that for a long ways off. It was high on the Richter scale, as we call it. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. It was like he was in heaven on earth. Everything in the middle had to move. Got it? Everything in between had to move out the way. The air did not say, well, you know, I was just passing by. No, none of that. 
Everything moved. Everything. From the presence of God, straight to earth. And he went right to work. He didn't say, I need a cup of coffee. No, he came straight down. He rolled back this big stone that he usually took several people to move and sat down. He was on time for his appointment. See, angels are more disciplined than we are, a whole lot more disciplined, as a matter of fact. Verse 3, and his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. So why do I think that he just left the presence of the Lord? Because his countenance was like lightning. That's why. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. Those folks that work in the cemetery, they were scared that day and became as dead men. They just, they just went out. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear ye not. Okay, so the first thing is don't be scared. Because his, his appearance was awesome. It wasn't like the one Mary had when he came to tell her about she was going to give birth to a child. No, this was different. This is a different angel. And the first thing he had to tell him was, okay, don't be scared. Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. Okay. For he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Well, he wasn't there anymore. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. So it seems to me this angel had a lot of information. He didn't show up ignorant. He wasn't waiting on CNN. He had the news, and he brought it. Amen? So when we tell you in the Bible that angels are mighty, mighty in power, know that. Know that that's the truth. It's not just the word, you know, mighty, okay? Mighty, mighty, mighty. No, 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 no. You don't have it right yet. You need to understand what mighty means and ask your heavenly father to explain it to you so you can understand, okay? So when pastor prays and says, ask the Lord to send his angels to go before us, you don't have this idea that it's some little um, Gerber baby with somebody then tape some, some little artificial wings to his back, and that's what's going before you, not even. We understand that? Them little Gerber babies with some perversion somebody painted, they are not angels. Angels don't look like that at all. I've read several accounts. In fact, I've seen some. I've read several accounts where people have seen angels without asking God to see them. And they don't look anything like those little ugly 
fat baby. What looked like somebody took some masking tape and stuck, stuck some uh, some some little wings on their back. That's not an angel, okay? If that's the idea you had in your head, there's a garbage can somewhere near you, drop it in. That's not an angel, okay? We all got that. Good. So the angel of the Lord made a spectacular entry as an earthquake resulted as he descended from heaven. He rolled back the stone from the grave and took a seat. I think that you'll understand that he was definitely in haste to arrive to his assignment. Angels are God's servants who do his pleasure. Emphasis on the they do his pleasure. Now, I have heard people attempt to pray, and they want one of the angels they've read about in the Bible to come solve their problem. Let me explain to you who tells angels what to do. It's God. It's not you, dear. It's God. Angels have their assignments from God. They obey our commander-in-chief. They are disciplined. They are powerful. They have what we call supernatural strength. They don't piddle around. As you can see in the passages that we've, we've looked at recently, they come, they do their job, they're gone. That's the way they do it. They don't piddle around, okay? They do what they're supposed to do, and that's it. I want you to understand something. God has an order of angels in heaven. Heaven is a very busy place. Heaven is a very busy place. There are angels coming and going all the time. And as I have described the seven primary things they do, you should be able to understand why they're busy. They're busy attending to the things of God. And when given an assignment concerning a human being, they seriously have work to do. Why? Because they have to deal with a human being. Amen. They have to deal with a human being. Many of us have learned that it's not so easy to deal with human beings. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So we're getting a better picture of what God has done. Psalm 103, verse 21. Psalm 103, verse 21. Psalm 103, verse 21. And if you have any pictures in your house of those ugly little babies with those uh, wings uh, uh, taped to them, get rid of that. That's idolatry. Amen? Get rid of that. If you got some angel on the top of your Christmas tree, feel free to get rid of that angel in the Christmas tree, too. Amen. That is not Christianity at all. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Psalm 103, verse 21. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Whatever God wants is what they do. God will assign them to assist us too. But that's God doing the assigning. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91, Psalm 91, beginning with verse 11. Psalm 91, beginning with verse 11. Psalm 91, beginning with verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They know what their assignment is toward us, and that's all they're going to do. Amen? They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. So you're on this road driving home after work late at night, and there are no street lights anywhere, and you're not so sure about this road because there's a construction sign for the road you used to take, and this is a detour and you've never really seen this road before, and you're trying to get home as soon as possible, they're there to help you get home safely. They're there to help you get home safely. Try to remember that. God hasn't forgotten about you. Psalm 103, verse 20. We also should remember that angels excel in strength. They excel in strength. I know you've seen these bodybuilders, and, you know, you go past them in the grocery store and they have this magazine with somebody with muscles bigger than your head. But angels are the ones that excel in strength, not bodybuilders, okay? Amen. They lift it up, but they got to put it down. Angels don't have to do that. All right? Amen. Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Wow, they're obedient. They're actually obedient. They're disciplined in obedience. That do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. They obey God. It took one angel to conquer the entire Assyrian army. And that was 185,000 strong. And it will only take one to bind Satan in a bottomless pit at the close of the age. One, not 15. Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 37 beginning with verse 30. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. What did I do? Type the wrong thing in? Or did I? Yeah, I typed the wrong number. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Amen. I wrote down the wrong number, but I've done that before. Let me see if I can find what I want. Amen. Because I was here earlier this morning. But I didn't drink any coffee today. (laughs) I didn't have. I didn't have coffee today. (laughs) So you're just going to have to be patient with your pastor. Amen. I didn't have coffee today. I had toothpaste today. Amen. I had toothpaste today. I did not have coffee. I thought it was important to have toothpaste if I was coming to church. And I think everybody agrees with me. Amen. Okay, so I don't know what I did with that scripture. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Ah, hold on. Okay. Um, Where did I go from 30 to 36? I don't know. I'll find it after a while because I marked it somewhere in here. But I'll find it later and tell you what it was. Amen. The natural. Let me go find him. See if I let's see if I can find it. Okay. Would you do that, please? Amen. Thank you. Finally. Cooperate with Pastor. Okay. I know what I did wrong. All right. Let's see. Let me change books of the Bible. See, you think I just come up with this off the top of my head. No. I got to read, <laughs> like you. <laughs> no, it's not on the top of my head. It's inside me somewhere half the time. Okay. Here it is. It's in Isaiah 37. Told you I didn't have coffee. <laughs> Sunday goes better with coffee, but Pastor had none today. She had toothpaste. Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 36. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're so good. You help me. Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 30. All right. This is the right one. And I'm going to tell you what was happening. God's people had was being bad. And so they were being attacked 
by the Assyrian army led by Sennacherib. And God had something to say to them, and we're going to pick it up in verse 30. We're going to pick it up in verse 30. And this shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year such as groweth of itself, and the second year that which springeth of the same. And in the third year sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. He was telling them Sennacherib wasn't coming to their city because he wasn't going to allow for it. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of the Mount of Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Verse 36, then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. That's 185,000 strong. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. That's the work of one angel. He didn't wake anybody up to do what he did. He just went dead and it was done. Amen? So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. Amen. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Amen. Revelation chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. Revelation chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. One angel. Not a whole army, not a whole host, one angel. Amen? This is quite proof that they are a mighty angel. Amen? Second Thessalonians 1, 7. Second Thessalonians 1, 7. Second Thessalonians 1, 7. Second Thessalonians 1, 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. 
when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. They won't need pampers, okay? We understand that's not an angel. Okay. Very good. I just wanted to make sure you got that. Angels are under God's authority alone. There is no record of any human being ever commanding angels to do their bidding, nor anyone attempting to communicate with angels unless the angels start the conversation. Amen? Amen. Miracle, please see to it that you accept and understand this concept. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Angels have manners. They do. We're going to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to verse 5. The Gospel of Luke chapter 1, and we're going to verse 5. Angels have manners. Amen. Verse 5, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. And there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, And they both were now well stricken in years. Verse 8, and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his court, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Really? Yes. Even from his mother's womb. And, okay, so, so much for this bright idea that God doesn't know that you're a human being in the womb. You see, you don't just fill a bunch of cells with the Holy Ghost. You're a person. So, so much for that lie that's going around. You're a person. As far as God's concerned, when he releases a soul into what sperm and egg brought together, you're a person. When he releases a person, you're a person. You don't have to have an audible heartbeat by some physician with a stethoscope. 
you're a person. In fact, he says in the scriptures that he knew you before you got to the womb, before you showed up there. He already knew you. And some of us received an assignment before we got in the womb. Amen? And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, that's Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I hope we're ready when he calls. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in the years. Okay, there is a time not to play dumb. And there's a time not to pretend that you're a jerk. Okay? The angel comes from the presence of the Lord. He's standing there waiting on you to do what you do with the incense. And then he gives you personal information about your marriage and your family and your life. And then you're going to stand there like you still don't get it. You know, like a calf at a new gate? That's not the time to do that. The problem with Zacharias, he had too much fear and unbelief. He was wallowing in doubt and unbelief at that moment. You're supposed to prepare your heart to come into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And he's giving him a complete description of his child, the child's name and his mission and what's going to happen and that he he's not going to drink. And on it, I mean, he's giving him details. Not just his name is John and that's it. No, his name is John and this and this and this and this. He's getting detailed information. So when you get detailed information, what do you mean? Whereby shall I know this? Because I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. Listen, they'd already had the Abraham and Sarah program, and they knew about it. That had already happened. So it wasn't like he didn't have any understanding at all of how God does this. We get it? By the time Zacharias came, they'd already had the Abraham and Sarah show. And they were doing reruns. Okay? All right, so he didn't have any reason to go there. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. There is a day not to walk in unbelief. Amen? We understand? Praise God. I'm glad we got there. That's right. Thank you, because angels leave it. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. There's a day not to play dumb. I'm just going to tell you, there is that day. Amen. There is a day that you don't play with God, saints, and that you actually do what, you're, what you know to be right. Though artists by tradition have depicted angels with these wings, I keep telling you about, you know, with the little glitter and stuff on them, only the highest order of angels, the seraphim and cherubim, are described in this way. They're the ones. So we're going to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And the seraphim and cherubim do not have wings that are super glued to them. God did that wing job, okay? And it was done right. We got it? Amen. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That was the sight. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With two of them he was covering his face. With two, he covered his feet, and with two, he did fly. Amen? Ezekiel, chapter 1, verse 1. 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 Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Shabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chabar. And the hand of the Lord was upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself. A brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire, also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. This was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides. And they four had their faces and their wings. Amen? Let's go to chapter 10. Chapter 10, 
verse 1. Chapter 10, verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared over them, as it were, a sapphire stone, as the appearance of the likeness of a throne, a humongous sapphire. That was nice. And he spake unto the man clothed with linen and said, Go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thine hand with the coals of fire from between the cherubims, and scatter them over the city. And he went in in my sight. Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the cherubim's wings was heard even to the outer court, as the voice of, of the Almighty God when he speaketh. And it came to pass that when he had commanded the man clothed with linen, saying, Take fire from between the wheels, from between the cherubims. Then he went in and stood beside the wheels. And one cherub stretched forth his hand from between the cherubims unto the fire that was between the cherubims, and took thereof and put it into the hands of him that was clothed with linen, who took it out and went out. And there appeared in the cherubim the form of a man's hand under their wings. Amen? Amen. So, we've seen a lot of things today. When angels appear in this natural world, sometimes they appear as celestial beings as Gabriel did when he announced to Mary that she would be the mother of our Lord. At other times, they assume a human form, just as it happened when they visited Abraham and soon afterward rescued Lot and his family from Sodom. So your homework for today is, yes, you have homework. It's to read Genesis chapter 18 through Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 18 through Genesis chapter 19. Amen? Amen. Now I'm going to Genesis 19, chapter, chapter 19, verse 15. Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hasted Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand. These men were angels. In verse 15, they're referred to as angels. In verse 16, they're referred to as men. They were angels that took the form of human men. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him 
without the city. So in these passages, they were described as both angels and men. The scriptures strongly urge us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, to be mindful to be kind to strangers, because some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Amen? Amen. So we need to understand that angels are in our midst. They are. They're in our midst, and we need to act responsibly. Amen? We don't want to act like Zechariah, do we? Thank you, please, and thank you still work. Amen? Humility still works. When you're finished listening, shut your mouth. That still works. Amen? We're to be respectful. We are to be respectful. And I want us to understand that better than we have understood it heretofore. We need to be respectful. So all that little stuff you see, you know, in a month or so, or no, they don't wait. No, no, they've already started. They don't wait. You know, they don't wait anymore. They can't wait. They want your money. We want your money. We want your money. We want your money. You know, they got that. That's not an angel, and stop pretending that it is, okay? I've proven to you that they don't look like that. They take on human form when God needs them to do that. And they will take on the form sometimes that you would say, well, I can't prove that this, da-da-da-da-da. You know, I've heard people yap, yap, yap about um, there are no female angels. Well, let me tell you, if God needs you, an angel, to take the form of some little old lady, look like she Pentecostal, you know, the Pentecostal ones with the bun in the top of their head, if he needs that so that you won't freak out, that angel will take whatever appearance God tells him to take. Because he don't need you freaking out. He needs you to receive whatever the angel has to say or has to impart to you that he sent them to do. Amen? Because you know how we are. Sometimes we freak out at our own shadow. Amen? Okay, so God knows who we're who we working with, okay? I know I've had that experience. I was on a vacation, and I, I went to do some continuing education in another country. And I got to my hotel room, and I discovered that my roommate uh, had a disease. I know because she left the medication out. And I went, oh, really? And I knew I wasn't going to take a shower in there, and I didn't bring no Lysol. That just wasn't going to happen. So 
I had to go to God and ask him to fix that, and I did. And so I, I left the meeting, I think a little early. I don't remember how I got to where I was, but I got to, like, the city square, sort of. And I was just wandering around looking lost as a dickens, to tell you the truth. And I went by this real estate office, and I walked in, and there was this nice-looking lady sitting there, and I sat down, and I actually did what Sabrina does not do. I opened up, and I poured my heart out. And I said, this is where I am, and this is what has happened, and so on and so That person was so calm, they wrote out a number, said, I'm going to call this man. You go to get get you some transportation, and you go to this place, and there's a place for you to stay. I said, thank you very much, and I left. And I went and found a cab, and I was turning around, and then I said, I better catch this cab for at least. So I didn't have time. So I jumped in the cab, and I told them the address. And the cabbie took me to the address. And it was this nice little, you know how those beach houses, the two-story beach houses look? Not grand, but not, not, not grand and, you know, all done up, but just not. It had a kitchen and a this and a that and a front porch. And it was right on the ocean. And I went, this is nuts. And so I needed some transportation. So I jumped back in the cab, and I called the lady, and I said, this is beautiful. I'll tell the man I will take it. I never did see the man that was supposed to um, show up and get the money. I never saw him. You know, whoever owned it, I never did see him. I went to the little office up there, and they told me, just leave the money here, and he'll get it. So I did, and I got the keys, and I went back into town to rent a car. And uh, it was getting late. I hadn't eaten, so I had to go get my things out of my room and get back in the car and get back to the place, to the new place, and tell my classmates, I'm going to go stay out here. So if anything happens, you can come find me. So I took care of that. Well, the next day I was in town, I was so grateful, I wanted to go by that little real estate office and tell the lady thank you. But the office was locked. So there was nobody to talk to. So I had to go across the, it really wasn't a street, it was like a lane. And um, I went in there to talk to the man that was in there. I think it was one of them restaurant bar places because it was dark. And I was explaining to him that the lady was so nice and I really wanted to tell her thank you. And he looked at me, he said, nobody's been over there for two weeks. I said, what? He said, I'm here every day. No one has been in that office for two weeks. That person is gone on vacation. And I went, okay, thank you very much. And I just politely sort of slid out of there because it was a bar. And I just stood there for a while. I knew I had prayed. I knew that God answers prayer. He provided me with a nice place. And then it hit me. That was an angel. That wasn't the person that 
Because the man went to describing the lady that worked there. She got dark hair. Well, the one that I saw was blonde. I said, okay, thank you very much. You know, there are those moments that are very chilling. I've had a few of those. So, saints, I'm here to tell you, have good manners all the time. Very good manners. Remember you to mind your manners. Amen? I mean, because I was out of t- I was in another country. I didn't know, other than the people that came to the seminar, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know a soul. And so I found out that one of the ladies that, that headed up the thing was Teddy Pendergrass's cousin. And so I sat down and I talked to her about it. And she said, you should have come to me and told me and we'd have helped you. I said, that's okay, I found him. <laughs> I found the place. It was perfect for me. Quiet. Amen. So angels are here with us. They don't always present the way you think an angel ought to look. Amen? Amen? Amen. So know that your Father, your Heavenly Father, has made preparation for you. He knows everything that's going to happen to you on your journey home. And you need to take some time this afternoon after you've read those scriptures in Genesis 18 and 19 and thank him for the intervention of his angels in your life. Because a lot of us are still breathing because of their intervention. We would have been gone a long time ago. So I want us to keep that in mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's what I like. We need to keep that in mind. We've been taken care of. We've been provided for. And when you get to a situation that looks somewhat intimidating, you need to thank him that his angels have been sent on assignment to watch over you. Amen? And tell your father, thank you for sending them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because some of us, I tell you, it's just the truth. Some of us are breathing today because of their ministry to us, the ministering spirits of God, because we should have been gone a long time ago. So it's time for the benediction. The Holy Spirit says it's time for the benediction. Amen. You got homework to do. You got time to spend with God today. Utilize your time well. God's letting us out a little bit early. Why? Because he wants you to spend time with him. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the warfare prayers that we always pray, I thank you for receiving them once again in the name of Jesus Christ. And now the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee and make his face shine upon thee 
and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And the church says, Amen. God bless you, saints. Pastor loves you. Go back and read those two chapters, Genesis 18 and 19, and spend some quality time with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm supposed to do this right. Amen. (laughs) I didn't do it right the other night. (laughs) It hit the wrong. 